Okay, today's topic is digital twins, which are a real hot topic at the moment. And to help me untangle what digital twins are and how they can be used, I'm joined today by Michael McKenzie, who is the General Manager, Industrial IoT and Edge at AWS IoT. Welcome, Michael. Thank you very much. So where are you joining us from today? Uh, I'm joining from sunny Seattle. Very good. It's one of my favorite cities. I love Seattle. Is this where you're normally based? I am based here. Yeah, yeah. It's very good. Beautiful area. No, I really like it a lot. So we want to talk about digital twin technology, which is one of the hottest trends right now. Maybe you can give us an overview of what exactly is a digital twin. Sure. Yeah, I, I think digital twin means a lot of things to a lot of people. And what we've tried to to uh, adopt is that everybody is right, even though they might mean slightly different things. Um, our definition is that we, we've decided it's a living digital representation of a physical system or process that's dynamically updated. And it's used to mimic the structure, the state, the, the behavior of a physical system um, but the whole intention is to drive really, you know, business outcomes for our customers uh, and making sure that they're improving things like operational efficiency as an outcome. Very good. And I really like this definition. And there are plenty of innovative projects going on right now in the digital twin space. One of my favorite one is the EU-funded Euro Twin project that actually aims to simulate specific human brains in order to build models that can then predict the best treatment and conditions such as Alzheimer's and epilepsy. What will digital twin technology mean for the future world? And what are some of the more groundbreaking innovations you expect to see with this technology? Yeah, digital twin is really exciting because it brings together uh, a lot of technologies that we've heard a lot of news about for many years. Things like, you know, we can combine in uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence, overlaying that with IoT, you know, sensor data uh, streaming in from the real physical system and representing all of that together into one 3D visual model that we can use to do things like what if scenarios and and, uh, simulations of what might be. Um, that to me is, is really what's amazing about digital twin is being able to bring together all of those technologies and achieve something that we've never been able to achieve before. Uh, we work with customers in, in every sector of the economy, and it's been really interesting to see what those customers are doing with this technology. Uh, everything from, you know, being able to monitor large assets and, and do, uh, you know, predictive health, predictive maintenance type applications that, again, Industry 4.0 sort of promised, but we, we've seen a, a little bit of a lag in picking up. Um, we're also seeing uh, operational efficiency, energy and, and sustainability efficiencies coming out of this. And even, you know, you mentioned the, uh, the human brain. Um, take the brain of a, of a company, which is often, you know, their supply chain and their, and their logistics. Uh, we have companies that are looking at this as a great opportunity to map out all of that in 3D and create a digital twin 
of these uh, huge supply chains so that they can do what if scenarios. You know, we've seen a lot of disruption in supply chain lately, and this is allowing them to de-risk some of the uh, the problems that they've seen. So we're we're seeing innovation across every single sector using twins. Yeah, I agree. And I'm excited when you start combining digital twins with other technologies, as you say. I do quite a bit of work in the Formula One industry, for example, and they are now creating digital twins of all of their cars. And I love it when they then have digital wind tunnels where they test their digital twins and see components emerge and then 3D print them straight away and try things out in the real world. So this is super exciting. What industry are currently using digital twins and what are some of your favorite examples? Yeah, digital twins seems to be really hot for the manufacturing sector. Mm. Uh, I think it's because for many, many years, the manufacturing sector used uh, SCADA systems, which often had uh, you know, graphical representations of the automation and the, and the process on mm. site. Um, so they've really picked up Digital Twin very, very quickly because the, you know, the enablement of the cloud, the enablement of the AI, everything coming together with IoT and overlaying, it, it feels very similar, in fact, to those old SCADA environments, which means that they, they see themselves represented. They see themselves in a, in a user experience that they're familiar with already. So uh, the manufacturing sector has, has really picked it up. Um, another sector that we see having a lot of pickup is the smart buildings uh, mm. area where uh, companies are, are trying to, you know, model people, people flow. And, uh, you know, with the return to office after COVID, thinking about how are we managing our space more efficiently with a hybrid workforce that's partly working from home, partly working from the office? Mm. How can we make sure that we have... Uh, hot desks for people uh, that are easily assignable and, and uh, people can, you know, look at a, a twin of the floor and, and quickly find a place to sit. Uh, what about conference rooms? How are we better using conference rooms? Uh, and having things like occupancy sensors linked to twins of the floor uh, can help companies say, hey, you know, there's, there's more space over here and, and, and a better way to use that space with these conference rooms. We're also seeing pickup across just about every sector, like I, I mentioned before, but aerospace has yeah. some really interesting applications with Digital Twin. Um, we're seeing things like the shipping and logistics industries uh, picking up Digital Twin for intermittently disconnected edge scenarios, um, but still being able to model what's coming in and what's going out and, and where items may be located. Um, we're really seeing a, a, a wide sweep across all of the sectors. Another really interesting one though, is in the robotics space where we see, you know, this really natural fit between creating autonomous vehicles and, and autonomous uh, factory equipment that's automated and having a twin of that environment uh, associated to a twin of the actual asset, the robotics asset. Those two are coming together in a, in a really compelling and really interesting way as well. 
Yeah, and I love those. The airline industry is, I guess, one of those industries that have been using digital twins for a long time. I know that the manufacturing world, their users said, Royce Royce, one of my customers, they've been using digital twins in their manufacturing process. But then also when the, the plane is operating, which is interesting, and, and you yeah. talked about smart buildings, again, when you then start to connect all the smart buildings and you look at a smart city, I know that Singapore has developed a smart yeah. city model, trying to model traffic flows and garbage collections and smart buildings. So this is super exciting when you start to connect these digital twin infrastructures, I guess. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm aware that AWS recently launched its twin maker technology. Can you tell us more about this and why this might be useful? Yeah, we're really excited to launch uh, AWS IoT Twin Maker. Um, it, it's a, a studio approach where we we really focused in on on what were customers telling us about digital twins. Uh, what we heard from them is that they wanted to use digital twins, but they also saw it as being something very difficult to do. Um, they weren't sure how to combine the 3D elements that they might be able to source with that IoT real-time data. Uh, and then also to add in the machine learning, the simulation technology, uh, all of those things to bring them together, it, it actually is not a simple task for a software developer. Mm. So we really took this approach of saying, okay, our job in that equation is to make this really, really easy. And so we really focused in on building a data connector model so that data, wherever it is, wherever it lives, it can be accessed and overlaid into the twin. We don't duplicate any data. We just access it where it lives and we, and we help overlay that to the twin. We also bring together those 3D elements in kind of a studio environment um, with, those three, with those telemetry sensors. Uh, and then we have these uh, links back out to the AI, the ML, so that you can model these things through the SimTech uh, and and create these simulations, uh, you know, against physics-based models, against machine learning models, whatever it might be. So we really focused in on making this simple and being able to pull all of this together and create an operational twin of uh, of any process, any asset, any equipment, uh, any device, really. That sounds great. So what customers are showing interest in this technology at the moment? And do you have any use cases that you can talk about? Yeah, we've got a, a couple of really interesting use cases uh, coming out of, uh, uh, you know, like I mentioned, aerospace is one that uh, they want to model these great big assets and they want to be able to gather data from this in real time to understand exactly how things are, are uh, uh, you know, being used and, and, and what sort of maintenance cycles might be coming up. Uh, I mentioned supply chain disruption. This means that when something is going to require maintenance, there's still parts that have to be ordered. We need to be able to predict this uh, a long time ahead and make sure that we have those parts coming in and make sure that we know exactly what to do with them when they arrive uh, and, and what asset they're going to go to. Uh, so that's that's one very interesting area. Mm. We're also working with a company called Invista who has this connected uh, worker program. And the whole idea with Invista, they're a big manufacturer, uh, is to pull together uh, uh, all of the tribal knowledge that was once required to operate the, the plant 
and make sure that the workers don't need quite as much tribal knowledge. Um, they can instead interact with the twin, they get their alarms, their events, their notifications through the twin. And because it's a, a 3D scan of their actual physical environment, the operators know exactly where this is going to be. They know exactly how to go and address it. Um, there's no more, uh, you know, long alarm string that they have to try to read and parse themselves and, and figure out what's going on in the plant. They can immediately see where's the flashing red light. Uh, they know that part of the plant, they can dispatch a crew. And we've really focused in, uh, with our, with our digital twin, um, our twin maker product on having kind of this mixed reality version so that we have a virtual twin of the equipment or the process. And we also have the ability to uh, switch on a live camera feed using our, our service Kinesis Video Streaming uh, to make sure that you know somebody sitting in a control tower can see the actual reality of what's going on at that moment. Um, you know They can quickly see if uh, a crew has been dispatched to solve the problem. Uh, you know They can see if uh, product is falling off the belt or a hose is leaking, uh, things like that. So, you know, that interaction of the virtual twin in conjunction with the mixed reality of video streaming and, and technologies like this, it really allows them to quickly give that situational awareness to their operators, uh, which is really, really cool. Yeah, super interesting. So do you see a future connection between digital twins and the metaverse as well where we can maybe use augmented reality and virtual reality to make these digital twins even more real for people absolutely I, I think what's really interesting is the advances in 3d technology that we're seeing are making things so incredibly photorealistic mm -hmm. we can even scan in the live environment and turn those into full 3D walkthrough simulations. And what's really cool about that is then imagine, you know, using uh, uh, this for training uh, workers without ever having to set foot on a particular site. Um, maybe be, we have uh, uh, other situations where uh, we need to dispatch crews and, and uh, uh, send people in to fix things more virtually. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see where this all goes. Absolutely. So for me, super exciting is the application in healthcare. We talked about the fact that we're trying to create a digital twins of brains. I believe that in the future we'll have digital twins of all of us, maybe created at birth and then monitored and, and updated throughout. And the really exciting idea is that, for example, if you needed surgery, your surgeon could then actually practice in the metaverse using virtual and augmented reality to perform the surgery on the digital twin before they do it in the real world, which is pretty exciting and mind-blowing. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah sorry. Oh, I was, no, I, I was going to say, in fact, uh, if you think about some of the uh, nuclear disasters and things like that that we've had or, or natural disasters where it's difficult to get people into uh, for fear of contamination. Uh, imagine the link between the metaverse, digital twin and robotics coming together so that we don't have to send a human being into harm's way anymore. Mm -hmm. um, we should be able to send in, uh, you know, semi-autonomous robots uh, linked with digital twin and linked with this metaverse idea uh, to do the tasks that people 
shouldn't have to perform. Absolutely. Yeah, this is super exciting. Mm. What do you see as some of the key barriers or enablers that will make digital twin technology successful in organizations or stop yeah. them from making it successful? Well, I, I think number one is, um, you know, twins rely on data and having that uh, easily accessible data coming from every aspect uh, of whatever you're trying to twin. That's going to be really important. So, um, you know, getting those uh, those sensors enabled, getting them installed, uh, sometimes that can be uh, daunting. Um, but what's really great about it is that the sensor industry has created very low cost uh, peel and stick type sensors that work over technologies like you know, LoRaWAN, for example, uh, and, and Wi-Fi and 5G uh, that allow us then to wirelessly install sensors uh, with a 10-year battery life that can gather telemetry and gather that information and, and transmit that in a very simple way. Um, so, you know, that's, that's one aspect is just getting all of that great IoT data, that rich mm -hmm. data story uh, sent to the cloud. The next part that, that we often hear as a challenge is customers are a little bit intimidated sometimes by the 3D. You know, if they don't have graphical artists and 3D artists uh, on their staff, which most people don't, mm -hmm. uh, they, they wonder how they're going to get this, this data in. But there are great scanning technologies. There are great asset libraries from equipment manufacturers. Uh, there are just so many 3D, 3D assets out there that we can pull in and, and, uh, and, you know, these easy scanning technologies that we can use to quickly scan the environment around us and import these files that it, it's made it extraordinarily simple. There's one company we're working with who, uh, you know, you can just grab your iPhone. There's a, a great camera on the back of this thing. Uh, you know, it's got LIDAR, it's got all sorts of sensors and it can very quickly stitch together a 3d image. Um, so you don't have to be an expert and, and we can easily pull these 3D elements in to the, to the Twin Maker Studio. So now we have sensor data, we've got great 3D, uh, we can, we can uh, uh, smush those together in a clever way and we instantly have an operational live twin of whatever mm -hmm. we're looking at. Now building in the machine learning, the AI, the simulations, the 3D physics models, things like that okay, maybe we need a little bit more expertise on those elements. Um, but in the meantime, it's very easy to get up and running and, and quickly start getting alarms and notifications and interacting with these control surfaces back to close the loop with these processes uh, without a lot of effort. Very good. So looking into the future then, what can we expect to see from this technology moving forward and what are some of your hopes and predictions for the future? Yeah, I, I think um, as this continues on and, and as we see great innovations coming out of our customers, we're going to continue to be surprised. Uh, at the way in which they're using twins and, and the applications that they're running with these twins. Um, I think, you know, my hope is that twin really becomes ubiquitous. Uh, it's just, it's a beautiful platform. It's uh, for, for pulling together these elements that I guess have been, you know, a little bit slow in, in the adoption. 
Um, you know, we've heard for years about IoT data and, and we really do see a, a huge uh, adoption of IoT out there, but it's not ubiquitous yet. And if we can, you know, get that IoT data in uh, and we're using Twin as an interface to interact with that IoT data, I think this is the, the missing element. Um, I think as, as the 3D technology continues to advance and we see more photorealistic 3D simulations and, and your comment, uh, you know, about linking that with the metaverse, uh, uh, now linking that as well with robotics, we're going to see incredible applications uh, with all of the AI, the machine learning coming together with, you know, virtual twins, robotics, and, uh, and the metaverse. It'll be really interesting to see uh, how we can avoid uh, putting humans in harm's way, or perhaps even taking it further and uh, having a, a human being uh, virtually walk around Mars using uh, a remote uh, uh, robot and a digital twin and, and, the, uh, <laughs> and the environment that they're in doing something like real-time scanning of the environment. It's going to be really, really interesting. When you add video into all of that as well, uh, it, it becomes something that uh, uh, I think generates this mixed reality um, that people are really going to respond to. And, and uh, I suspect this will create a, a, a huge amount of adoption over, over the next couple of years. Yeah, this is almost mind blowing for me that <clears throat> when we talk about the metaverse and really blurring the boundaries between the real world and the digital world, I think the technology we're talking about here today is one of the cornerstone technologies that will enable us to do exactly that. So Absolutely. I could talk about this topic for hours. This has been super insightful. Thank you very much, Michael, for joining me today. Anyone who ever wants to re-listen to this, head to my YouTube channel where you can listen to this and many other amazing conversations about future business and technology trends, or have a listen to my podcast where you can also just listen to the audio version of this. So thank you again, Michael, for your time today. Thank you.